The following is a production of Different Brains. Visit us at differentbrains.org. Welcome to another episode of Exploring Different Brains. I'm Dr. Hackey Reitman, and today I'm excited to be speaking with Erin Brooker Loza, who is the program director for the L's for Autism which we're going to learn all about from Erin. Erin, welcome to the show. Thank you, Haki. It's nice to be here. Introduce yourself properly much better than I did. <laughs> My name is Dr. Erin Brooker-Lozot. And as you said, I'm the program director here at Els for Autism Foundation in Jupiter, Florida. Uh, we are a global nonprofit organization. So we have foundations in South Africa, the UK, Canada and here in the US. I consider our 26 acre campus here somewhat of the mothership of all services and supports. Uh, but all of our Els for Autism Foundation sites across the world are very significant and do wonderful things to support the lives of people with autism and the families and those that work with them. Um, how, so did you come, how did you come to specialize in working with the autistic community? Um, so that's a really great question. Uh, my first, I guess, degree was I, in communicative sciences and disorders. So I became a speech language pathologist. And I went from my undergrad into an elementary school that had uh, inclusive programs for children with autism, all the way through, you know, autistic, I guess, transition aged individuals. And uh, there was a little boy in kindergarten that no one really knew what to do. He was having some unique behaviors in the sense that he was communicating through behaviors. And um, so they, the school and the team, they were talking about possibly expelling this little five-year-old. This little boy um, went on to have a diagnosis of Asperger syndrome at the time. I had no knowledge of this. I was a bachelor level speech language pathologist working and grandfathered into an elementary school. And I said, um, that is ridiculous that a five-year-old would ever be looked at for expulsion. We have to find out what is he trying to communicate and how can we help him? And so I worked with a psychologist. We learned about Asperger's and autism. It seemed to be a match. We looked at the evidence-based practices, did some parent training, teacher training, and this little guy just soared. It was amazing. And so from that point on, I had this I guess, burning interest in to learn more about how a person with autism, autistic individual, I'm, I'm happy to go identity first or person first because it's not my choice to make that decision here today, um, how to be the best provider I could be to someone with autism. I didn't want to do anything that wasn't going to be in that person's best interest. So if I could help guide this process, I wanted to be an agent of change for autism. So through my graduate work, Haki, and then my practicum experience and my early career to date, it's been almost 27 years, I have tried to continue on this path of learning about the needs of people on the spectrum and how I could be the best professional and provider for them, for the people around them. And this little boy never got expelled and actually did quite well in life and had advocates all around him to support him getting what he needed in the way he needed it. That's great. Well, one life at a time, you're doing yep. it. 
all I can do. One moment at a time, one life at a time. Now, tell us, for those who don't know about it, all about the L's for Autism, where you now are the program director. Yeah, so L's for Autism, like I said, is a nonprofit organization. It was started in 2009 by Mr. Ernie L's and his wife, Liesl L's, and a co-founder, Marvin Schenken. Um, and they, Ernie and Liesl, have a son named Ben, who has a diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder. And they were in the UK at the time. Ernie is an International Hall of Fame golfer. Um, and so they were looking for the best school, the best place to be able to provide their son with services. And the story goes that um, Ernie was here uh, golfing and got to go see a small charter school in a very tiny building that was kind of busting at the seams and needing support. And he felt that it would be a really good fit for his son. And so he called his wife, Liesl, my boss, and said, um, we need to move to the United States, to, to Palm Beach, to Florida for this school. This school is the place for Ben. And the school was already looking to expand at the time. And so uh, Ernie and Liesl decided they wanted to help the school. So they started Els for Autism Foundation and they had golf events because they know golf well to raise money to be able to purchase land and build buildings with the thought that the, the charter school and the lower school, which is three to 14, it's called the Learning Center now, and then another charter school, which is the high school, the Learning Academy 14 to 21, or obviously 22 your last year of, of school, that the, the campus they wanted to build would be able to house both Palm Beach County public charter schools that are parent choice and dedicated to individuals um, on the autism spectrum. And then they would have a lifespan of services for Els for Autism Foundation from really as young as probably 12 months of age, diagnostics, early intervention, all the way up through adult services. So what they did is just that. They worked to raise money through golf events, to purchase land, to build buildings, to be able to then hire staff and develop programs. And so at Els for Autism Foundation, we actually don't have schools. The two schools on our campus are Palm Beach County public charter schools dedicated to autistic individuals. Um, it's free, no tuition, right, through your individual education plan process but it's not a placement from the school system. They run and we share space. So they are each their own nonprofit 501c3 charters, but on our campus. So the best roommates ever basically, right? <laughs> and then um, Els for Autism has just like Ernie and Liesl wanted a lifespan of services. So we have a diagnostic clinic. We have early um, intensive, you know, uh, intervention services from, really nice developmental uh, applied behavior analysis that's integrated with speech and language, OT, music therapy. We have our team that has special education backgrounds. We also have mental health counseling and support for the families. And then our therapeutic services, as the children grow and go to school, we support training of professionals, of students, again, of families. Then we have an entire suite of recreation services that, that I'll talk about in a minute. And then we have our, our, our adult services that include do domains of independent living, pre-vocational and vocational employment, and then again, social and leisure and recreation services. So we have these three very focused areas of impact and one being early education intervention that includes parent training and therapeutic services, et cetera. And then we have 
our recreation kind of area of impact or focus. And then we have our adult services. And what we do is we have family support, care coordination, mental health that threads through all of these areas of focus. We have uh, global outreach that threads through all of these areas. And we have research that threads through all of the areas of focus because we wanna make sure that we're researching what we're doing to ensure it's truly evidence-based. And Els Autism envisions a world of limitless possibilities, Hacky, for individuals with autism spectrum disorder and their families. And our global mission, because we are a global organization, is to transform the lives of people with autism and those who care for them through a lifetime of service and collaborative partnerships. Because we, we can't be everything to everyone, but we can make a connection or collaborate and do something for everyone. And so that, that's really what we do on a daily basis. We have a transdisciplinary team um, approach. So we work really together, blending the lines of our disciplines for families and families get to have one contact versus going like this and trying to put things together themselves. And I, I think we do a really good job of these things. Well, you certainly, certainly are knocking them out. You're doing great and great stuff. And thank goodness for all you do. And I love that you're talking about life, lifespan services because so much in our well-intentioned society, it's all about the cute little kids. And then the little kids grow up and then they it's, sure do. you know. <laughs> they sure do. And, and I think being person-centered and family-centered and making sure that we're not doing things on an island or in isolation. One of the things I love about Els for Autism Foundation is that we have an autism advisory board and so we have, um, you have to be voted in, you have a board of autistic adults who are monitoring our practices, guiding us, giving us their input. And I, I, I love going to the advisory board, the autism advisory board meetings and hearing the perspectives of um, our autistic board members. They are, they're enlightening. It's, it's incredible. I don't think we would be where we were, where we are today without their guidance. Um, they really make everything we do better. Yeah, so everything we do has the insight, the guidance, the voice of um, someone on the autism spectrum. We employ individuals with autism spectrum. We, because um, we, we provide, we have a whole suite of services for employment from unpaid internships to paid on the job training to employment opportunities with either an employment partner that we're supporting or here on campus. Um, Tell so, us about the importance of family involvement. It's crucial. I mean, it, family involvement is actually part of the evidence-based practices, right? So it's not really an optional um, piece to what we do. And for us, we require family involvement at a pretty high level. Uh, we try to make it uh, equitable and accessible to our families, understanding that families work. Um, and uh, But whether it's through telehealth, whether it's through volunteer opportunities, actively being part of an intervention or you know therapeutic plan, our families, let's say in our adult day training program, whether the adult is their own guardian or not, we ask for consent to have a family member participate and really guiding um, their their desires, their I guess dreams for their adult child, um, as well as in our diagnostic program, we never take a child to do a diagnosis without the family present. We integrate the families observing or participating every step of the way. They are the the 
I guess, pivotal piece to what's going to happen next. And so we get their input from an interview standpoint, from how they their comfort level in what we're talking about, what we're doing from the program and planning. We include the person with autism, if they're in it, the if they have the ability to answer for themselves. If they don't have the ability to be a speaker, we'll provide adaptive materials with augmentative and alternative communication opportunities. But the parents and the and the person with autism, as well as um, any team or community members that need to be part of this person-centered planning process from our little children that we work with all the way through our adults, our family members are key to our success. We, we can only do as much as they are feeling empowered to do once they leave our campus or our telehealth visit or our guidance. Now, Aaron, you guys have a big conference coming up, which Different Brains is going to be a proud uh, uh, sponsor of a supporting yeah. sponsor. Tell our audience about this big upcoming conference. Oh my gosh, Haki, thank you for asking. I'm very, very excited about it. Um, we have, when I told you about one of our main three areas of focus is recreation, I want to just define what that means and then definitely share about this conference because it's focused on recreating recreation as a supplemental intervention for autism. And so recreation to us is split somewhat into, I guess, three different areas. We have our traditional, what you would think about sports and fitness, right? So obviously we have golf and manualized programs for golf. We have a whole sports series that's called the Ernie Ells hashtag game on autism sports series. And then we've actually studied how to integrate evidence-based practices for autism into the teaching and learning of golf, of fitness, of tennis. So we have hash, Ernie L's hashtag game on autism, golf, fitness, and tennis, as you can become an official program provider anywhere in the world and be able to take this uh, program and our guidance and implement it where you're at for other individuals that you really want to have to learn how to engage and, and play the sport as anybody else would so that they can have community connections and do things with their families like any other person should have the right to do, right? Um, and so sports and fitness is one area of focus, and that will be one main area of focus of the conference. Then we have all your arts, your creative arts, so music and dance and actually art, even gardening, anything that provides a recreation component for in a productive way. So there's learning opportunities, there's true engagement versus I'm sitting in a garden, but I don't actually know how to garden properly to plant flowers, to have them grow, to plant uh, vegetables, something that, that I could then learn to cook with, right? And then we also have, um, as part of recreation, we have mental health and well-being from making sure that we understand when you have exercise, when you have healthy eating, when you have healthy thoughts and um, positive emotional experiences, and you have these kind of quality of life indicators fulfilled with I'm going to be fit, I'm going to have exercise, and exercise and movement is actually a, a known evidence-based practice for autism. That's going to help with my mental health and well-being. And with the rates of depression and suicidal ideation or even suicide in autism spectrum disorder, we feel it's essential when we're talking about anything that we include the mental health and well-being component into the day. So for our recreation conference coming up, Every two years, Ells for Autism Foundation puts on an autism innovations and global impact conference. And every two years, the theme 
or the focus of that conference is slightly different. This year, it is on recreating recreation as a supplemental intervention for uh, individuals with autism spectrum disorder. We feel that this is very important that people around the world learn how to, they learn to understand the importance of recreation, meaning the creative arts, uh, mental health and well-being, as well as sports and fitness in a person with autism's life, and how to integrate the evidence-based practices that we know exist that make a difference in this person's life and learning the skill. So that when someone goes out to play tennis or to do a fitness class, yoga, dance, music, that they can engage and learn in the best way possible. And this can be a productive experience as well as a leisure opportunity for them. And you guys are hitting the nail on the head with all the new evidence-based papers coming out that these things, the fresh air, the socialization, the exercise, the walking, the getting together, doing the recreation, it's not just psychological. It's measurable by living things like 20 years longer with a better quality of life. Yep. You're, yep. you're on the money with that. We feel it's really important to use this these recreation, I guess, services as a platform for therapeutic interventions. When I see somebody sitting at a table learning and never learning how to then use that same skill, take it with them and do something that any other person their same age would be having the opportunity to do, that is not okay to us. Why not have a speech language pathologist go out and train the golf coach on how to support communication while we're playing golf. If the person's father, let's say the child's father plays golf, why can't he go and that child have the opportunity to go on the golf cart and play golf with his dad? Why we wanna make sure that these opportunities exist and the way that they're done are done with what the person's interests are. So now if you are autistic and you hate golf, I'm not gonna ask you to play golf, but maybe you love kickball. Maybe you love yoga or dance, and I need to make sure that that yoga instructor or that dance instructor understands how you communicate, how you learn, and how to include you so you can enjoy dance and learn to be the best dancer you can be or, you know, a yogi, if you will, if that's what you want to do, and use that as the platform for teaching versus something that would be not meaningful or productive in your life because it's the only way that I know how to do it. How can people learn more about your upcoming event? For sure. So we actually have on our website, um, we have at lsforautism.org, there is uh, get involved. And when you go to, and there's a little tab actually says autism resources, and then there is a drop down for conferences. We have QR readers right on the front of the web page. We have banners that run through, but you just go to our website, go to autism resources and conferences and click and you can register. And we're offering many continuing education units across different disciplines for those professionals that want to go and get credit for coming. Um, we, we are encouraging families to attend autistic individuals to attend, to learn. This conference is gonna be so different, Hacky, and so cool. That's my big clinical word for today because you're going to have in the morning on, it's a two-day conference on Thursday, March 23rd, and then 24th. Thursday morning is gonna be mental health and well-being, nutrition, arts, and leisure. And we love that we're having 
autistic adults participate as keynote speakers to give their perspective on all of these topics. And then on March 24th, the Friday, when we have um, the focus is all sports and fitness, instead of your traditional breakout sessions, you're going to have live demonstrations of the sports and fitness integrating the evidence-based practices. So if you want to participate in having learning how to play golf or fitness or Miracle League, let's say with baseball or therapeutic horseback riding, you're going to actually see it in action. So you're learning the content and then you're going out and you're practicing and you're seeing and watching it in real life. And that's really the best way to learn, right? This multi-sensory experience to learning. And we're excited that in each component of our conference, we're going to have autistic adults who are helping present, who are helping demonstrate, who have learned through these modes of recreation and become successful. Well, Erin, is there anything that we have not covered about L's for Autism that you would like to cover? Oh, my gosh, Hucky. Well, we can be here all day <laughs> if we wanted to talk about that. I think that. I think what we, um, Els for Autism, I guess what we want people to know is that first of all, Els for Autism is here. We are accessible globally. One of our goals is to become a world leader in transdisciplinary customized programs for individuals with autism spectrum disorder. That another goal of ours is to develop employment training models for individuals across all ability levels. And what we do really well and what we gain a lot of support from employers with is being able to say that everybody has the right to work, everybody can work, everybody should work. And even if you need more support or you communicate differently, that that shouldn't provide you with limitations if we know how to teach somebody how to support um, you. And so we, we're doing a lot of research of and replication of our programs to be able to make sure we're doing it right and getting the guidance of autistic adults and the employers that are uh, hiring our adults. We, I also want people to know that, like I had mentioned before, one of our goals is to implement research and disseminate evidence-based interventions worldwide. We feel that it's really important for people to know what the science says and how to do it in the most meaningful way uh, for a person with autism with their preference, obviously on the forefront of what we're doing. And that we're always looking to recruit and retain highly qualified staff because if we can create a network of really well-trained professionals that believe that family is critical and understand the evidence-based practices and understand that we need to think outside the box and do things a bit differently that have been done in the past, but we need to research what we're doing to show that not only can we do it, but we can validate that what we're doing is really transforming the life of a person with autism from their perspective, then, then we're doing what we, what Mr. and Mrs. Ells really set out to do and they wanted a better world for their son. Right. One of the other things I don't know that many people know, but we have from a mental health and family support standpoint, we have mental health counseling and many of our services are virtual. And so we and we have a huge sibling support program um, that's called Sam Sib Stick Together because Mr. and Mrs. L's daughter is Samantha and she is the ambassador of this program from sibling support virtual rooms to actually a collaboration with Autism Science Foundation out of New York and a whole webinar series about sensational SIBs and the work they're doing in the field of siblings. 
and a whole website that's a repository for best practices and resources for siblings, because sometimes we feel that siblings are not put at the forefront, right? And they, they may need just as much, if not more support in certain ways. So we're here, we're excited, and we have student practicum opportunities, professional observership opportunities. We want people to come and visit. We want people to access us. And I'm really hoping that people come to our conference. And, and if I could just mention, if you don't mind, the, the different disciplines of continuing ed that we are going to be offering for, you know, continuing ed units, I think it may be important. Is that okay? Sure. And give us the dates again of the conference. I'm assuming the conference is both in person and virtual? It actually is not this year. What we are going to do, this is the dates again to answer your first question, are March 23rd and 24th of 2023. So it's a two-day conference. And then the Saturday, the 25th, if people do travel, we're having our annual Roots and Ruts 5K race with an autism sensory-friendly obstacle course and vendors. And it's through, um, it's one of the only sensory-friendly, autism-friendly trails that was created in the back of our campus. And so um, we are kind of continuing on and attached our conference on the 23rd, 24th of March to our Roots and Rut annual fundraising event and race that you can walk or run or just watch. Um, but uh, it's we decided, Haki, this year, it, we wanted to see if people could be present to be present, but we will be recording all of the presentations and videoing the demonstrations and they will be available to purchase if you can't make it to watch the recording. So it won't be a live. Um, participation, but it will be accessible through a recording following the, the two-day conference. Understood. Yeah. So from the standpoint of professionals that we're looking to possibly know about the conference and come to learn, we have um, everything from the AFAA, which is Athletics and Fitness Association of America, um, behavior analysis certification board, so a BCBA to come and learn about how to integrate applied behavior analytic strategies into recreation, golf, sports, fitness. We really want this to be done correctly, right? Um, Florida Physical Therapy Association. We have hours for Florida Council of Dietitians and um, Nutrition. We have Florida Occupational Therapy Association credits the National Academy of Sports Medicine, the NASM, and actually in Palm Beach County, the school district, they have said that educators can come and get up to 12 Florida educator in-service points, 12 hours. So most of our hours range from three to six to even 12 hours of credits um, to come to this two-day conference, which is pretty significant for a professional. And we're looking for anybody, an art teacher, a dance therapist, recreation. Um, uh, we, we actually do. We have for we applied for uh, credits, excuse me. We applied for credits for recreation therapist as well. And music therapists, mental health counselors, a personal trainer, right? It is for everybody. And I just find it so wonderful when you can go out on the tennis court or you could go out on the golf course and you don't know that a person that possibly in a classroom may struggle in learning, all of a sudden this person is shining, their light is shining bright and they are learning and they're happy and their family is happy. And then the mental health and well-being of the whole family just, it stabilizes, the stress levels go down. 
and this is what we want. We want people to feel good about their experiences and we want more and more people that are autistic to be integrated and included in the community and embraced. And hopefully this conference will give shed a different light on ways in which you can do that. Elves for Autism, you guys are amazing, doing great things up there in Jupiter, Florida. And this you. conference is gonna break all the records I hope so, Hacky. Erin, <laughs> um, what is one final piece of advice you would give to someone on the spectrum that wants to be more active in terms of recreation, but doesn't know where to start? Hmm. Well, I would first ask the person, what do they like? Right? because recreation comes in many different forms and not everybody is a runner and not everybody is a walker. Some people love to swim, you know, and swimming is very significant. Aqua aerobics, if you love to be in the water, could be something that you learn to do. But I think it has to start with some level of motivation or interest for that person. And then we can take it step by step. I'll give you a really great example of something that became a fitness routine that then helped build competence and confidence and endurance to actually support employment. Uh, we have an incredible uh, employee that is like the essence of Ells for Autism Foundation. He's a young man with autism. And um, we moved in to, he's been with the foundation probably just as long, if not longer than me. Uh, so this is my eighth year here, right? And we've only had buildings since 2015. So if you've been around since then, then you've kind of been here for a while. And we, our temporary offices didn't have stairs. It's one story. And then we moved into this massive campus, which is really lovely, but there were a lot of stairs and never knew, the never topic never came up that this adult uh, was afraid of stairs and had never climbed up or down stairs without being fearful. And so we worked through, cause his office was upstairs and the elevator, if it didn't work or there's an emergency, the stairs were a necessity. And so we worked with him on learning how to climb up and down the stairs and he didn't have the endurance for it right, at first, besides being fearful. And uh, he really had a goal of losing weight and, and being healthier because he wasn't feeling good about himself. Well, we had our uh, recreation services coordinator work with him, as well as our team of clinicians. And with him, we created a plan to desensitize his fear to the stairs. And he ended up then walking the stairs on his breaks and he ends up losing a whole bunch of weight and feeling so good about himself. So the stair walking became his fitness routine and it helped him do his job better, work more hours, end up getting promotions, getting paid because he could do more because he could navigate the building. And so it could be as little as stepping up one step and then the next step. And that would be my advice, Hacky, is one step at a time. <laughs> Find something that you have a motivator, even if it doesn't connect in that moment. Like if you want to be an astronaut, right? And that's your goal in life to be an astronaut. What is the first step that an astronaut? Well, if you haven't um, had to walk outside 
an astronaut needs to be able to walk outside for so many minutes, well, maybe you start with one minute of walking outside and have your end game be becoming an astronaut, but take that next step. If an astronaut needs to know how to swim, start to step your foot into the water. Maybe that's all you do, step in, step out. I think anything that you do in moderation and segments and clear scope and sequence, the easier it gets, the easier something gets, the more enjoyable it is. If, you, if you're supported and you can take one step at a time, and I guess the end part of this would be, to me, support generates ability. And sometimes I don't know that people want to show that they need support because they don't want it to be seen as a weakness. And I speak from my personal life with my own child um, as well as professionally. And so if you can find it in yourself to advocate for support, the correct type of support with the person who has your best interests at heart, then in setting up a plan for little baby steps to build into something bigger, then I think any person who's autism, any autistic individual can do anything they wanna do. And I really feel that the fitness piece of this makes a huge difference in becoming a wonderful employee, having the endurance to work, having relationships that they want because their mental health and well-being is gonna be supported by being fit. So I think it all connects and it's just a matter of taking that first step. Well, Dr. Erin Brooker Loza, the Director of Programming and all the great stuff they're doing at the Ells for Autism Foundation in Jupiter, Florida. You've been a wonderful guest. You're doing great things for those of us whose brains are a little bit different and for thank the whole autism community. Thank you for all you do. And we look forward to having you back in the near future. Keep up your great work. Thank you. I can't wait to be back. This has been awesome. I'm very, very grateful for the opportunity. Exploring Different Brains is a production of Different Brains. Visit us at differentbrains.org.